It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From Fox News, it's The Campaign with Brett Baer. President Trump held his first indoor campaign rally in nearly three months since his rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The event on Sunday in Nevada drew thousands of supporters and a fair bit of criticism due to the event violating state rules against gatherings of more than 50 people. However, the Trump campaign officials responding to the criticism saying, quote, if you can join tens of thousands of people protesting in the streets, then you can gather peacefully to hear from the president of the United States. Over the weekend, we saw wildfires rage across 12 different states in the western United States in places like Oregon and Washington and California. Former Vice President Joe Biden weighing in saying the climate changes poses an imminent and existential threat to our way of life. President Trump can try to deny that reality, but the facts are undeniable. We'll start there with our panel, senior Washington correspondent for Politico, Anna Palmer, founding editor of Washington Free Beacon, and AEI resident fellow, Matthew Cotinetti, and Fox News politics editor, Chris Steyerwald. Okay, so we're closing in on this election, uh, Anna, and it seems like we are... Riding this wave of different events, as we thought it was going to happen, thousands of news cycles before Election Day, Uh, right now the wildfires and reaction to it, the president heading out west, uh, Joe Biden talking about it, seems to be taking front page. Yes, certainly for Democrats. I mean, Kamala Harris is headed out to California, her home state, to talk about this. I do think one of the things that's interesting about the president heading out there, it was really part of a trip that was already planned out west. He's only there for two hours. It's not as if this is going to be a major campaign issue for him in terms of California, a state where he probably won't get a ton of votes. So I I think it's notable in the fact that he hadn't really mentioned it for for quite a few weeks, even though the the fires have been raging and has kind of only recently taken up kind of talking about it. He was in California on the tarmac and I was asked why it took him three weeks to talk about it. And he said that was a nasty question. So just so you get a sense of where his headspace is on this issue. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's established a relationship with uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom. Um, They've talked very nicely today with each other. Um, But, Chris, uh, the politics of this, does this factor into the election? Well, I mean, it is true that there is a long march toward uh, a view similar to Biden's on the question of global warming, right? Uh, the 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 number of concerns and when you see the massive wildfires and you see things that we've never seen before in terms of this conflagration up and down the Pacific coast, more and more Americans do come to agree with Biden's perspective. I don't know that it moves votes, though. What we find about global warming, what we find about climate change in polling is that, like a lot of things, it's something that Americans have feelings about, but they don't necessarily vote on those feelings. And certainly in the past, when Americans have been asked to choose essentially between higher energy prices uh, and uh, climate change restrictions uh, or lower energy prices and no restrictions, they've gone with lower prices. Yeah, Matthew, uh, thoughts about where we are in this race and uh, has it changed at all in recent weeks? You know, Brett, uh, I've called it the Teflon campaign before in that nothing seems to really stick 
And it seems like um, it remains the Teflon campaign. Um, in polls, Biden continues to lead. One thing has changed, though, and I think it's giving cause for concern among Democrats. And that is, Trump has tightened the race a bit. Um, many Republicans who were disappointed by his responses to the coronavirus and to the killing of George Floyd are now back on board. And uh, moreover, there are some issue spaces that have opened up that I think play to the president's advantage. You have the New York Times Siena poll of swing states show that the law and order concern, the, the, the rule of law, violence, uh, is a major factor, more important for some voters than the coronavirus itself. You also have a deep concern among many Democratic strategists for Biden's relative weakness in the Hispanic vote. And um, this is an opportunity, I think, for President Trump to pick up votes in places where um, he would not normally be expected to find them. So uh, overall, no, to answer your question, the race has not changed. <laughs> but I do think uh, we're seeing glimmers of a way that President Trump may be able to eke out another electoral college victory. Yeah, there is an event, Latinos for Trump, um, and there is an effort on the Trump campaign, Anna, to reach out to the Hispanic community, um, not only out west, uh, but also the Cuban-American community in Florida and using uh, the issue of socialism that, that was brought up in the Republican convention uh, by numerous figures, including one um, uh, exile from Cuba. But it's surprising, isn't not, that the Biden campaign doesn't have a more targeted pitch to Hispanics? I think you can certainly sense their nervousness and concern, although, I mean, I think you can kind of insert that with any issue with Democrats right now. I think there's a lot of concern, <laughs> no matter what it is, by the, you know, each day there's a kind of a different topic, but this has certainly been one that we've seen played out. I thought it was very interesting on Sunday, you know, kind of the first big football uh, you know, National Football League playing, and there was a lot of uh, Joe Biden ads when uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took the field in terms of healthcare, really trying to hit that home. I think you're going to see Biden try to make up room, you know, some of it's make up some of this uh, room that's stretched in his numbers with uh, Latinos in Florida. I think there is real concern among Democrats that the message they have either isn't working or they haven't worked hard enough to win over that vote, that they don't want to make it seem as though, you know, they don't care. They think that they've gotten it locked up. Yeah. And Chris, the disparity on COVID specifically between how each campaign deals with it is really stark. Well, we don't. I mean, <laughs> the the the. The story, the, the Politico story about uh, Joe Biden and the hermetically sealed life of Joe Biden, where I think you have to get into a mason jar to <laughs> enter Joe Biden's campaign space and all of the stuff that they're doing. I mean, like uh, if somebody takes a drink of water, they got to turn around away from him. That, that whole thing. The, the, yeah. And they've developed a, the, certainly a culture of maximum caution has developed. Now, I'm sure part of that is to protect uh, the principal who is uh, in a high-risk group as a 77-year-old. But I think a lot of it is also performative. They want to demonstrate to voters that they care. This is a, just like for most of the country. This is a top-of-mind consideration for them, and they're being very cautious. On the other hand, you have sort of Trump embodying what he told Bob Woodward uh, in Nevada, which is we're going to just like pretend like it's not going on, right? Like this is not a thing. There were some masked people. But to have an indoor rally in a swing state and to, to circle back to something uh, that uh, the esteemed Matthew Continetti said earlier, 
when you look at the numbers in Nevada, Nevada among Hispanic voters, Nevada among all kinds of voters is a lot closer to Trump now. And it's because of these concerns about law and order. It's because these are uh, you have 60 percent of white voters in Nevada telling pollsters that they're more concerned about law and order than they are about coronavirus. Sixty six percent with whites without college degrees. But it's also high numbers among Hispanics. So here you have a state where where Trump is actually making up some ground. He's actually gaining ground. So I don't understand the wisdom of going in and putting your thumb in the eye of voters who are concerned about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meantime, talk about traveling. Uh, Joe Biden, Matthew, is is going to Florida and Florida, it seems like, is going to be a very tight race, Uh, one in which, you know, Democrats thought they had a, a pretty big foothold there for a little while, but it has tightened. And, um, you know, if you judge by the flotillas and <laughs> on the water or uh, simply by different state polls tightening, it seems like Florida is going to be a battle. Yeah, well, there's one thing we know about President Trump, Brett, is that he has a lot of vehicular support. There are a lot <laughs> yeah. of boat parades. Now there, <laughs> there are car parades beginning. A lot of a lot of machinery in support of President Trump. I'm not quite sure what that means, but it is it is striking. Um, you know, look, the New York Times has a piece out that is uh, specifically about Florida and how tight it is down there. And you have uh, former Democrat Senator Bill Nelson saying that Cuban-American voters, it seems, and this is a Democrat again, have rallied around Trump. Right. And there's this, this striking um, note to this campaign, which is that even though Joe Biden has, has always led, he, he, there's never been a moment in the national polling where uh, President Trump has been ahead of, of Joe Biden, you you see again and again moments uh, where or glimmers of um, how President Trump may well be able to pull this off. The fact that they're at Florida, which um, is much closer um, and for a variety of reasons, seems more lean Trump than not at this point. Pennsylvania, I think there's a, a profound concern among many Democrats you read um, in the news about well, Pennsylvania may be much closer than it appears. I, I think it's kind of partly it's the hangover of 2016 when we went into that election um, with almost u- the universal belief among American elites that President Trump would lose only to wake up the next morning and find him the president. There's this just kind of kind of almost psychological uh, urge we have to try to uh, to see how or to think that he might be able to pull it out in the end. And and what's funny to me is there are more and more places, whether it's Nevada, like Chris mentioned, whether it's Florida, whether it's Pennsylvania, where you can kind of see how he might do that. Guys, let's hold it right there. We'll continue after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. How do you, Chris, take the ad buys? You know, people watch them really closely. Like some campaign is pulling out of ads next week, the Trump campaign, for for example, in Iowa and Ohio and Nevada. Uh, but the Biden campaign is pulling out of New Hampshire. Sometimes it's that the outside groups are picking up the slack in those states and they're deploying elsewhere. Other times they're kind of giving up on a state. Yeah, the, one of the 
long and frustrating stories that we've all had to cover in politics is trying to make sense of doesn't ad by say this or doesn't ad by say that because both either side is going to hide. Oh, well, they're giving up on New Hampshire. Oh, well, they're giving up on Michigan. And you make a very important point here, which is that with the billionaires for both sides on the field fully in play, uh, you may not, if you're the Biden campaign, do you really need to buy Boston advertising to get into that tiny sliver of New Hampshire voters if somebody else will do the work for you so you can focus on moving it elsewhere or Mike Bloomberg with his $100 million to back Biden in Florida? You know, there, there, there are all of those things. But there's also this, and this may prove to be significant. Uh, the Trump campaign wasted money at a pace that would have made Mike Murphy and Jeb Bush blush. It was an astonishing geyser of money that Brad Parscale and the Trump campaign team just burned for months and months, and they used up their cash advantage. What that means, I mean, they're both going to have enough money. It's not like voters aren't going to be totally sick to death of seeing campaign ads by the end. But what it does mean is that the Trump campaign does not have the kind of flexibility that they would have if they would have been better stewards of their resources at the beginning. And Anna, how much do you think these debates will factor in? I think it's going to be a big, a, a big potential game changer. I mean, I think when you look at the president and how he has liked to, you know, characterize Joe Biden as this guy sitting in his basement, not talking to anybody and, you know, feeble mind. And, you know, I think when you look at that, it will be very interesting to watch whether or not Joe Biden outperforms. Does Joe Biden choose to fact check the president who often, you know, kind of lives by his own facts instead of maybe what the rest of us are going by. And so I do think it's going to be one of those rare moments where in a typical typical campaign, you have so many different events in a day. It's kind of these, there are flashes when you think of kind of the debates. But in this sense, I do think it will matter, particularly as Chris is saying that it, the numbers have gotten a lot tighter. In some of these states in particular, you're going to have voters for the first time really tuning into this. It's hard for probably all of us to think that somebody's undecided and there's fewer undecideds now than there were at this point in 2016, but there still are some. And so to me, that I do think it's going to be one of those major kind of flashpoints of the campaign with one where there are so very few. Mm -hmm. Matthew, um, you know, I think we have a, an offer from Joe Rogan uh, for a four hour debate between <laughs> Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And, and on Twitter, the president has accepted. So we'll see what happens with that. The president would love that. Absolutely. And, um, but I I'm very skeptical that Joe Biden will agree to it. <laughs> I am more certain that the that the ratings for uh, Chris Wallace's first debate in a few weeks here will be huge, probably the um, most watched of all of the debates for sure. And I, I though I am I'm I'm going to be somewhat contrarian. I I used to think that the debates would matter, but then I look at everything else that has not mattered, including the coronavirus pandemic, which is on pace to kill 200,000 Americans in the coming weeks. And um, I'm, I'm skeptical that in the end, the, the debates will fundamentally change this race. If, 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 if Trump wins, it seems to me, it will be because there's, there, there are wells of enthusiasm for him that are somehow hidden uh, in, in a lot of the polling. 
Well, if climate change is a big issue as far as uh, how people vote, and I, you know, as far as the list that Gallup and, and other polling agencies says what's most important, it's usually not. But if it was, today, the president in exchange in, in California said uh, it'll start getting cooler, you just watch, and then the scientist responds, I don't think the science agrees with you, and he said, I don't think science knows, actually. And... So it's getting picked up everywhere about um, hours after Joe Biden, Chris, called uh, President Trump a a climate arsonist. So uh, I assume there'll be ads to come on this uh, this issue. Yeah. You know, one of the the, Donald Trump is is never afraid to share his opinions or insights. uh, The the American people cannot say that they have not had a full sense of Donald Trump's attitudes about things. It's one of the things that made the Woodward book while damaging for Trump so boring was it is a he is a person without any interior monologue apparently and how he speaks in private sounds pretty much like how he speaks in public um the problem for Trump is that as an issue set the uh, climate change fits in with those suburban traditionally republicans uh where he continues to struggle where we see he is sometimes down as many as 20 points to Joe Biden uh, in these kinds of precincts. And I don't think anybody, I shouldn't say nobody, is voting on climate change. But yes, Biden could certainly try to exploit Trump's comments to try to push to to solidify his support uh, with college educated affluent suburbanites. So the national polls, Anna, have it about six to eight points for Biden, depending on, you know, what the poll is. The state polls, depending on the state, have it uh, a little bit closer I mean, as we get closer here, are we starting to see this thing within the margin of error? Yeah, I do think we are seeing things tighten up a lot more. I think they always tighten up as you head into an election. It certainly happened four years ago. Um, I think to the point of a lot of pollsters are trying to be as as cautious as possible. They're trying to make sure that they're counting everybody so that the polls aren't as off as they were four years ago. I, I just do think that there seems to be some of these very targeted, you know, citizens in different states, like uh, kind of different populations, like the Latinos in Florida, where they're they're really trying to cherry pick just a few votes here and there in different counties. And so it's it's going to get tight. And I don't anticipate that that changes. It probably just gets tighter in the, you know, 50 days that are left. And again, a million news cycles before that. Matthew, last word. Yeah, I, I recall Rudy Giuliani on one of the cable networks, not not ours, uh, on the morning of Election Day 2016. And he was uh, asked, he goes, well, look, Trump is losing in the polls. And and Rudy said, he's not. He's in the margin of error. And if he's in the margin of error, he's going to win. And 24 hours later, Donald Trump had been elected president of the United States. And so I think from the Trump campaign's perspective, they're aiming for the margin of error. They don't think that they're going to be ahead on Election Day. But as long as they're within that margin of error and all of us in the press are saying it's too close to call in these key swing states, I think they feel like they're in a good place. All right, guys, we will see. Thank you. Here's a bit of campaign trivia. September 25th, 1988, the first presidential debate of the 1988 presidential race took place in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, between Vice President George H.W. Bush and Governor of Massachusetts, 
Michael Dukakis. It was at this debate that Bush called Dukakis too liberal and argued that he was more in touch with the mainstream of America. Bush, of course, went on to the presidency, winning 40 states, 426 electoral votes. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. For Anna, Matthew, and Chris, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.